Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Woohoo! Weird crossover with Tyrant's Grasp? Episode 143. <laughs> is this turning into an Arrowverse episode? <laughs> it's true. It's when Sudi travels so fast with his monk speed that he travels back through time into an alternate dimension. Even and though then, we established that Citra is technically faster than him. Not well, faster to react, <laughs> not faster to in a flat yeah. out run. I'm the freaking cheetah of the party, apparently. Yep, but you don't have spots. When last we left our heroes, the doorkeepers making their way through the Hall of the Dead had been confronted by a pair of cultists of Ereshkigal, the Moftet corrupted by the power of the Glabrazu. Yeah, and yep. Userib and is just sounding worse and worse. Like, the more we learn about him... Yeah, he's definitely fully taken in, irredeemable, I mean, like, Rahi sorry, bye. did kind of warn us. Yeah, but yeah, there's always that sure. sliver of hope. Like, you can turn it around and give him that redemption arc, but I'm like, it's not feeling that way right now. Hollis can only maintain yourself. one crazy, too hopeful thought at a time, and hers is currently focused on her friend. Sorry, Moftet. That no, always like... Just a small tangent. I always hate whenever I'm watching a movie or a show or something like that. And they're like, we understand like why you are the way you are. So even though we've just beaten you, we're going to let you go with a warning this time. They do that a lot. And like, I've been recently watching Star Trek Discovery. And then I'm sitting there's like, you yeah. watch that guy murder a man in front of you yeah. literally five minutes ago. Don't just yeah. go, well, we're going to be the bigger man. It's like, no. <laughs> it's like Batman and all the, and the Joker and all the other villains. Yeah. You know how oh, you yeah. could stop all this stuff? Just shoot him in the head. Just that dead. or he needs to start funding Arkham so that like Arkham actually gets <laughs> decent security because they break out all the time. Well, and decent mental health that isn't corrupt. Yeah. 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 So uh, all of that aside, the party fought off a pair of cultists of Ereshkigal before making their way through the Chamber of Ritual Purification to eventually make their way to the Hall of Riddles, wherein you had riddles. And we met Lagash. And we yep. made a and friend. And Tether and I got, got some right. Yeah, was that weird. was yeah. weird. Never happens. <laughs> yeah, usually it's Jessica, and it was actually the other three of us that got them. Nope, too sleepy today. Too sleepy today. So, uh, yeah, you guys answered some riddles uh, with the use of a heal spell. We're able to return Lagash back to his uh, his full faculties after he, in essence, got the world's worst earworm as far as uh, mm -hmm. rhyme stuck in his head that eventually yeah, just drove him mad. But I understand there's a whole baby shark phenomenon that I, I think was something close to that, but I have managed to avoid it. <laughs> that whole phenomenon is weird because I mean I used to sing it to my kindergartners in Korea and then suddenly it like exploded back here in the states and I was like what the frick is going on yep it was Very definitely weird. a thing for a while though I know <laughs> it was weird following that you had made your way back and he had warned you about the pair of cultists that the he had warned you about the pair of forgotten cultists that the Ereshkigal cultists <laughs> so many cultists going on here had captured and then subsequently sacrificed and then subsequently turned into some sort of strange undead which turned out to be a pair of Guaycubus. 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 I have problems with these words. Words Apparently are hard. I'm not 
Words Dude are with hard, Chilean. I'm going to assign you up for Duolingo next. <laughs> yeah, Duolingo. Uh, I need to learn how to speak English first. No, um, because that's not an English <laughs> word. <laughs> it's Chilean, technically. But the party then made their way back through the Chamber of Ritual Purification before the ground shifted beneath their boots and a pair of horrendous Undead monstrosities, skeletal carcasses pulling themselves from the ground. Its body uh. formed as much from earth and soil as from bones and rotting flesh. And of course, the uh, small end thing, I think we mentioned it a little bit there at the end, that uh, the party reacted so violently to it because <laughs> the party had very recently been forced to deal with the same thing in our Patreon exclusive Tyrant's Grasp, available yeah. to our Patreon backers at the $5 tier and up. <laughs> We are a higher level than our other characters, so hopefully twice this the level, will go. But that is the that guys. is true. That is the reason Hoping that I left this encounter in because I went. This will be intriguing just to see how it plays differently. Hey, this was a really rough fight in Tyrant's Grasp. Let me that murder the mummy's mass characters with the same monster. It's two, and also I shoved, shoved a template on them. Oh, good. Um, oh, no. <laughs> so let's see what happens. He beast him up. At least there are stupid exploding tattoos gone, so they won't do that when they die. Hmm. Nope. Uh, that would actually be very die. funny if they did that when they're, like, if they actually did that when they're undead, but not when they were dying. No, because no, they said it, it melted off. off. Mm-hmm. It, they, it did, yeah. Red it would have been like funny water. if it's like you deal this mud men and then they just explode into mud. Hollis needs to learn dispel tattoo or something so she can be like, haha. <laughs> Is that a thing? I don't know. There's the spell erase that erases written stuff. Oh, that's true. Oh, that would be interesting. Does that work on magical writing? I don't know. I think it does. I think you have to make a castle level check. Ah, mm. uh, no. fair. Because I've always wanted to play a character that actually had that prepared so that it'd be like, haha, and then he pulls out a scroll and I'm like, ready to action. Ha ha. <laughs> and then all your scroll works. Just like the scroll on him. Nice. <laughs> Screw you, guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so well, I suppose let's go ahead and just jump back into this. And fortunately, I already have experience running these creatures, so that should make this easy. Uh, so let's get initiative from the party, shall we? Oh, boy. Oh, rude. I don't, I don't like how music. happy you sound. I know, this. it's terrible. Sirenscape. Enjoy attacking your players with the exact same monsters over again. <laughs> Mud pies. <laughs> Hollis is not ready, y'all. Neither is Masika. Jessica, what do we get for Hollis? Hollis rolls a three for a ten. Sadness. Not ready. All right, Jordan, what about Sui? Uh, two in a row, doing okay. I roll a 19 for a 22. That's better than okay. That's pretty all right. <laughs> Heather with Masika. Masika rolls a nine, which gets her a 12. Rachel for Citra. I also rolled a nine, but I got a 15. Ouch. Save us, Sudi. It's going to be the Sudi game. Combat begins. Sudi Kantar, you stand in this ritual chamber, the coppery smell of blood fresh in your nose, your light dissipating out into the, uh, the 40 foot high ceilings of this room as visages of the faceless visage of Ereshkigal stares out from the walls and two horrifying skeletal monsters crawl their way up from the earth. Oh, so, I guess I have knowledge religion. Wait, this is a character that actually knows things. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I roll a seven for a thir- for a 12. Wait, 14. You have no idea what these things are. Yep, exactly. So, so yeah, as we begin, uh, Sudi, again, you stand here in this room. These two monsters drag their way up as they do so the ground underneath them ripples and shudders almost in a shockwave out from here that you can hear the vibration of the tables behind you as these ritual sacrificial knives and torture implements tumble to the floor 
Wonderful. Game mechanically, it means that uh, the area surrounding these things is difficult terrain. Boo. As a side note, uh, these creatures can move through it with no penalty. Of course they do. So in that case, I'm five feet away from them, so I need to do 10 feet of movement to uh, take move the five feet over to the one that's closest to me. Close and the first. I'm gonna, yep, and I'm going to punch him. Um, are these well. guys chaotic by any chance? They are, in fact, now chaotic as they ah. do not retain the alignment of the original creatures. Victory. Um, that's very good. I kind of assumed it because nothing's more chaotic than literally vibrating the rocks and everything around you. That seems pretty Walking chaotic. earthquakes. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, the, they're the Superman speech where it's like every step an earthquake, every breath a hurricane, like that kind of stuff. It made the world um, of okay, cardboard. <laughs> um, okay, so I roll a 19, which is a... 35. A 35 will strike your target as you lunge to the attack. Talk about always a bridesmaid, never a bride when it comes to rolling uh, nat 20s. Only Jordan could bone the 19s. I was going to say, forget <laughs> <laughs> nat 20s last episode. That's true. Um, okay, hang on. So that's 12, that's 15, 8 is 23 points of damage. Very nice. A solid punch as you lunge to the offensive, slamming your fist into the bony side of this thing and cracking into its jaw. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) True. Yet stands, bringing us to the Kikubus. Oh, wonderful. Kwekubu. So let's see. The one Sudi just punched. We'll go ahead and take a five step back. I can't step up on you him. You cannot because step up because you're terrain. a difficult terrain. That's unfortunate. <laughs> Super lame. You hear you hear that laugh, don't you? There's the a, there's a little bit of glee in Rick's voice. Yes. <laughs> Sudi, meld with stone. I don't there's know no if you want to meld with yet. these things. <laughs> yeah, there's no need for that yet. So the creature extends out one skeletal hand. As it extends its hand, the floor beneath all of you shifts before. Nearly a foot and a half long spikes explode from Ah! every square Um, inch of surface surrounding you. That's unfortunate. (laughs) It's going to make moving a real pain. So, yep, stone spikes explode from every surrounding surface as you guys do like a quick like dance thing as the spikes dart up. You know, Sudi splaying his little cat toes as a spike shoots up between two of them and then everyone else like backpedaling. One of the spikes, like, shooting up straight through the uh, the side of uh, Sophronia, who just kind of glances down with some curiosity and just <laughs> steps to the side through it. Because <laughs> they're not magical weapons, and therefore I have no effect on the ghost. Yay <laughs> for <upside>. her. <laughs> the other Kukubu. Kwekubu. Kwekubu. Uh, sinks down beneath the earth. Yeah, of course he does. Boo. From there we go to Citra Nahamra. Hmm. Well... Because of the extra difficult terrain, I don't think I can reach him, can I? If you wait, I can throw you. 10, 20, it's exactly 30 feet to get into base contact with him if you go diagonal. Yeah, but he's going to move. No, actually, no, it's not because of the second. I think I am going to to wait because I assume Hollis is just like, hold on, honey. (laughs) Yep, I got you. If you wait, I can throw you. (laughs) If it gets me over these spikes, that's fine. So Citra chooses to delay, brings us to Sophronia. Yep, she'll fly up to it, and she'll stab it. Yeah, Because she just flies. <laughs> She's like, I'm a ghost. Yeah, there's a couple clang sounds as the uh, her 
Greaves bounce off a few of these spikes, but of course do no effect because again, not magical. <laughs> Despite their magical source. She will then swing. She will not smite just because. She needs to save those. Got to bank at least one. Uh, she makes her way forward, swings with a 29, striking her target for 13 points of damage. Nice. She furrows her brow somewhat as a, I mean, she does inflict damage, but a fair bit of it bounces off. Masika of the Beckon. Hmm, uh, Masika is going to use her hex and uh, fly. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to fly, I guess, up out of the spikes and off the difficult terrain floor. So are you flying towards the Gakubu or are you just flying back away from it? Where are you heading? Actually, I'm going to move a little bit forward, but like across from the monster and then be about 10 feet off the ground. Okay. So that'll take 20 feet to ascend up and then you're flying 30 feet out so that you're gliding over the spikes until you're no longer over them. So that will take 50 feet of your 60 foot movement speed. And you're not ascending at greater than a 45 degree angle, nor are you turning that fast, nor are you uh, doing anything else. So you don't technically have to make a fly check. So standard action to activate your flight, move mm -hmm. action to fly. Yep. From Masika. Uh, Narmer starting to hum Flight of the Valkyries over your shoulder. <laughs> we go to Hollis. Alrighty. <laughs> Hollis is going to uh, telekinetically charge Citra up out of the spikes over and right next to the skeleton. Okay. So she'll get a free attack as an immediate action. The spell specifically states that she glides uh, over the ground, so she is not touching the ground. So she is not subject to the spikes. Okay. And I believe she gets the plus two charge bonus. Yes. Does she take the AC penalty also, or is it just the plus two I think charge? it's just the plus two. Okay. So, Citra, you fly through the air, soaring towards this thing. Good. Spikes grazing along the bottom of your shoes as you launch herself through the air. More launched through the air. <laughs> uh, all right. I rolled a 17. Um, so that gives me a 35, which is a threat. A 35 will hit threat. Roll to confirm as you dive forward, Kukuri in hand. Dang it. Uh, I do not think a 20 will confirm. A 20 will not confirm yeah, against the Kukubu. Frickin' A. But I still do 11 points of regular and 4 points of electricity to it. Nice. Your blade slices in, carving a small chunk of them off, although again, you're hitting a lot of resistance. The electricity seems to have no effect. Yeah, yeah, I kind of worry stone. about that. Yeah. Still, no one has made a knowledge check other than oh, Sudo. Oh, I could have made a knowledge <laughs> I <don't> check. I <laughs> also yeah. should have. So, well, technically, it is still Hollis's turn. You actually have a move action remaining. Oh, right. Hollis makes a knowledge check. Knowledge religion. All right. Hollis rolls a nine for a 31. 31? Hmm. Wowzers. I have a 22 religion. Very nice. Very well. You are able to identify this as a creature known as a Kukubu. Often, when a particularly evil criminal is executed, suspicious folk fear that the criminal's remains might rise from the dead to continue the, to plague the living. To combat this possibility, many mobs or royal justices take to the practice of burning the bodies, grinding up the bones, and scattering the remains in the wild. Yet, in the case of particularly evil criminals, even these steps are in vain, for their will is enough to reassemble a body from earth, stone, roots, and plants drawn from the region into which the remains were scattered. 
Such an undead horror rises as a Gokubu, a harbinger of misfortune and vengeance from beyond the grave. Great. You may ask three questions pertaining towards the Gokubu. Special defenses, please. Gokubu possess damage reduction. Knowing what overcomes their damage reduction is a separate question. They also possess an immunity to electricity. Standard undead traits, so the usual not subject to fortitude saves, they don't also affect objects, immune to basically everything. Mm -hmm. They are also resistant to cold damage. Uh, damage reduction. Uh, they have damage reduction of five that can only be overcome by bludgeoning weapons. Yeah. Yay for my fists. Those um, are my two questions. Get in here. <laughs> uh, you have three well, questions. Working on oh, three. Okay, cool. Special attacks. Special attacks. The Gwekubu have, I'm going to define these all as special attacks. First off, they have spell-like abilities, although knowing what their spell-like abilities is is a separate question. They also possess a aura of broken ground, which creates a 30-foot radius of difficult terrain surrounding them. They can move through this area with no penalty. As a side note, consecrate ground cannot be effect consecrated ground cannot be affected by this ability, nor can any area awarded by a magic circle against chaos or a magic circle against evil. I have... I have neither of those things. In addition to that, a creature struck by a Gwakubu must succeed on a fortitude save or become permanently cursed with misfortune. The victim of this curse takes a minus four penalty on all attack rolls, saving throws, and skill checks, and any critical threat against the victim automatically confirms. Mm. Uh, if a Gwakubu hits a creature already suffering from this curse, the victim must make a will save or be staggered for one round. Well, that's fun. <laughs> all right, y'all, hit it with bludgeoning stuff. Don't let it touch you because it's going to curse you. It's immune to electricity, so maybe rethink that uh, that plan you had going there, Masika. And, uh, I mean, the difficult terrain you can kind of see, so whatever. Masika's like, you can't read my mind. She always goes for ball lightning or doing, call lightning. doing lightning stuff, so there's that. All right, and she, then Hollis is, <laughs> is going to wade through these spikes. All, All right, right. so see. it is difficult terrain. I want to get out of it as quick as possible. So I imagine if I kind of just like head. If you went straight down, it'd be 30 feet, you know? Well, no, I don't want to go toward the thing. I want to go away <laughs> oh, from okay. the thing. I was thinking of going kind of back toward the the entrance to that creepy hallway with the Bodox in it, essentially like diagonally that, that way. All right. So you'd be able to move through two squares going that direction, which is 30 feet of movement since you're in difficult terrain. That works for me. All right. So I will need you to make a reflex save. Not a great roll. Uh, I got a seven uh, for a 17. All right. Hollis grumbles and curses the whole time. Spurs pinging off these stone <laughs> spikes. Ooh, max damage. Uh, so you actually take 16 points of damage as you begin to make your way forward. Unfortunately, like still slicing yourself up on these stones and then stumbling as you put, like, put a hand out and or send a spike straight through your palm before wrenching really, that back free. Making me really think about Dimension Door. Uh, in addition to this, a failed save causes your speed to be reduced to half normal for 24 hours, oh. or until the injured creature receives a cure spell. Another creature can also remove this penalty by taking 10 minutes to dress the injuries and succeeding on the hill check. All right, well, I'll work on, on, that's a thing we're going to do when we're done. Yeah, I mean, magic, yeah. magical healing is not unlikely for this party, so. Yeah, I'm true. running kind of low on heal spells. I was going to say we're going to have to dip into the med kit. No, I mean, you got potions. <laughs> I don't know if you've hexed me today. I haven't, just myself. So from Hollis, uh, I believe uh, Citra, you wish to re-enter the initiative? Yes, Citra would like to re-enter. Am I able to five foot step into the flank? I'm, I'm starting to get my first edition and my second edition uh, yeah, mixed you, up. Wait. It is 
technically a move action because difficult terrain. Oh, no, you're in difficult mm-hmm. terrain, yeah. Yeah, you're still in the difficult then terrain, Then I still aura. would like to get into the flank because I can do a heck of a lot more damage, oh, sure. but that yeah. means I only get That's one fair. hit. So yeah, I so would like to, to move into the flank with Lady Sophronia okay. and then uh, do my attack. You will need to acrobatics to not provoke an attack of opportunity because you can I'm uh, just going to point out that I start with a 27. Sorry, 28 right now. Failure is still an option. Okay, I will roll. (laughs) So yeah, you'll need to move at least 10 feet since you're in difficult terrain. I rolled a 15. (laughs) Minus two because you're in difficult terrain. Uh, That'd be a 41. A 41 will succeed. I hope so. (laughs) As you basically, Hollis picks you up, hurls you through the air. You slam your blade into this. And then I imagine just use the forward momentum to do like a half wall run across the wall next to it before landing opposite of Sophronia. Probably hearing Hollis's shout shout about the electricity and kind of glowering as you notice that your blade also did nothing with the electricity. Yeah, well, and then I you would like that- to slice because I don't have bludgeoning things, so I'll just try to go for just damage. Go for broke. You go know that broke. rock types are immune to electricity. Oh well, yeah. Okay, Pokemon told me that. Uh, <laughs> I rolled a nineteen. <laughs> Pokemon is twenty five years old now, and I'm gonna yeah. go. God, don't remind me. Do not remind me. which is a threat that gets me a 37 37 will hit threat roll to confirm nice (laughs) I rolled an 18 nice so a 36 to confirm and that's 36 will confirm your critical hit as you bury your blade into the back of this thing all right kill that thing on the first round get him oh no my quikubu I only have one still in the back of res- in reserve. <laughs> Get him. Uh, all right. That is uh, 39 points of damage. Nice. Ouch. Can uh, I debilitating injury this thing? Yeah. Okay. Then uh, it curses you when it hits you. I do not want it to hit me, so I would like to lower its attack. I shall disorient it. So Kay. minus two to everyone else. Minus six to me. Very well. You wrench your blade out of its spine, spinning it around and throwing it off as we go to the top of the initiative, Sudi Kantar. All right. Sudi wants to get out of the spikes, so I'm going to take 20 feet of movement to get out of the spikes and then move another five feet to be in base-to-base contact with uh, the Gwekubu. So reflex save, I believe, is first up on the agenda. Yes. Crud. Um, I roll a five for a 17. Nope. Right. Yep. So uh, you use 10 feet of movement there, receive the injury. You have 30 feet of movement remaining, which is reduced down to 15. So you can actually still make it to them, stumbling through the difficult terrain. But you do take five points of damage and your movement speed is reduced in half. Oh, dang it. All right. Um, poke, poke. So poke, that's poke. minus two. So that's three. So, okay. Sudi's poor toe right. beans. My little toe beans have been speared. Sudi is very unhappy with this. Um, and then I'm going to punch this guy. All right. That's probably not going to hit. I roll a three for a 19. A 19 will not strike your target. Unfortunate. Again, uh, you just breaks. cut your feet up and are probably yeah. stumbling <laughs> and slipping your own blood. A little distracted by just how much that hurts. <laughs> that brings us to the Gwekubu. Go ahead and take a five. Actually, he'll stand his ground. And... You know what? He's got a whirlwind attack. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He just starts biting like mad, chomping out at uh, everyone. Oh, no, 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 no. 
Oh, sorry, did I mention he bites? It's not uh, like he hits you with the fist or something. It's real creepy. You failed to mention that. Ah, well, same difference, really. All right, it so that's... you over there. Mm-hmm. I got, like, a... <laughs> scare my hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with a minus six, that's only a 20 to hit Citra. No. With a minus two, that's still a 29 to hit Sudi. And nose. And uh, he also hits Sophronia, but his attacks are not magical and therefore do nothing to the ghost. Well, there's at least that. Why is it always me? I don't know, man. Uh, so it does manage to chomp a hold of Sudi for. I did try to help. Uh, chomps a hold of Sudi for 12 points of damage, and I will need Howie. a will save from the monk. Okay, is Come on, this. Sudi, you can do it, it is a curse effect. Yeah, well, I don't have any bonuses against curse effects, so that does nothing for me, unfortunately, to boost my saves. Curse save. (laughs) (laughs) I got Rachel. Curses foiled again. Um, I did roll well, though, so that is a 17 for 30. Okay. 30 is good. 30 is a good number. It will then take a five-foot step back. I step up. You are in difficult up. terrain. Dang it! I'm, I keep forgetting about the difficult terrain. It crea- it brings it with him. <laughs> I just want to get him. Well, we need to consecrate this area, and then. Well, yeah, I don't think any of us have that faux show. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, that doesn't it take a long time to cast. Doesn't yes. Matter. The Probably second Gwekubu yeah. rises up through the ground. I hate you. Gliding <laughs> up adjacent I hate to Hollis. I kind of saw you. that coming, but. This is what Dang, Hollis says. Rude. Oh, is it attacking me? It's attacking you. As an immediate action, I cast Ether Step, and I step myself into the ethereal plane until my turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, what all does that mechanically do? So, this is a spell called Ether Step that I just picked up. Um, all right. It's an immediate action. Uh, so, it's personal target me. You step into the ethereal plane long enough to dodge a blow or confound a spell. You must cast Ether Step after you are targeted by an attack or effect, but before you learn the result of the attack or effect... It functions as ethereal jaunt, except that you become ethereal until the beginning of your turn. On the turn after you cast the spell and return to your starting point, you can take only move actions or free actions. Okay. As Hollis begins to step to the side again, it's that Hollis calculating mind. As she's stepping to the side, activating the spell, her brain's still calculating and searching for the little wiggle room she can find through the magic of this place. As you slide to the side, this thing's fist slides straight (laughs) through you. Uh, before rematerializing, rematerializing, and then I suppose continuing to hobble away from this thing. Yeah, back on, at the beginning of my turn, I'll rematerialize. But until then, nothing is touching me. Very well. Magic. <laughs> Magic solves all the problems. It also causes a lot of them right yeah. now, too. Yeah. yeah. But, you know. Like this whole adventure path. Yeah, that didn't work out quite as well as I'd hoped, but. That was my that, special that, spell. Let me tell you, again, Jess with the, like, perfectly timed spell. I'm very pleased with myself. That brings us to Lady Sophronia, who will take a five-foot step to the side. Just, just Since five. she's hovering. Hmm? Just five. So she can get her full round attack. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but I can't five-foot step, so. Well, that's <laughs> like, that's kind of what this thing is doing, is just making sure we're never going to get it. she probably gets better attacks than me anyway, so All it's right, fine. So she gets a 31, which will hit, followed by a 29, which will hit. Followed by a 29, which will hit threat. Uh, however, a 19 fails to confirm. So she does Ooh. hit three times, though. So for 12, 11, and 13, which ends up being 7, 6, and 8. So not bypassing its damage reduction, but just hammering through it. From 
Sophronia, we go to Masika of the Beckon. All right. So lightning's a no-go. Send me in, coach. What about acid? <laughs> yeah, sure. Lightning's a no-go, and it is resistant to cold. Yeah, cold bad, lightning bad. Everything else cool. I wish they were closer together, but no, they have to be all like, you know. They are very far away from each other. Right I now. wish they were closer together, too, over there, away from me. They're forming this Venn diagram of difficult terrain. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, it's very, very annoying. I should have thrown myself. Sudi's in the sweet spot. I am in the sweet spot. <laughs> Double difficult terrain. <laughs> it'd, be pretty, it'd be pretty horrible if it did stack. If it's oh, like, if it, oh, if four it squares stack, of it'd be awful. One quarter <laughs> Also, speed. you stabbed yourself in the foot, and so it's... <laughs> and you're immobilized at that point. It's like you can't even run away. <laughs> uh, Masika is going to cast Flame Strike on the one near Hollis. I'm going to center Yay. it there so it doesn't hit Hollis. Wait, does my opportunist go up? Yeah. Yeah, your opportunist would go. After Lady Sophronia hit, I should have been able to hit. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Correct. I would like to take that hit if I still can. I just took this feat. <laughs> Despite having taken it with like two or three previous characters. It's been a long time since it, I played those it characters. It was just the end of Sophronia's turn, so you may take your attack. Okay. And. All right. I rolled a 16, which gets me a 32, which is a threat. 32 will hit threat roll to confirm. Everybody threatening this uh, mud zombie dude. Wait, Cooper, I have you. a really nice crit range. So Not me. <laughs> I'm just That's true. It's true. Uh, my second one, I rolled a 13, which gets me a 29 to confirm. A 29 will confirm your critical hit. For another 18 points of damage. For a telling hit. All right. Go, Masika, with the fire. Although Hollis just turned around and went, oh, and then stumbled back and then disappeared. <laughs> well, I mean, Masika's still not going to aim it where it would hit Hollis, just out of, I was say, it's a brand know. new spell, too. You've never yeah. seen her do this. Well, can I mean, she sure. still see her? You yeah. actually, Hollis is also invisible. Uh, yeah. I'm on a different plane of existence. Yeah, oh. only Citra can still see Hollis. Oh. Because of your sea invisibility. I mean, I knew <laughs> where she was, so I'm not going to yeah, hit so that so I imagine you're just going to curve it back behind the Kwakubu and try not to strike where Hollis was. <laughs> so for all you know, she just turned herself invisible. <laughs> it's a DC 22 reflex save. Well, and she yelled, bye, real loud. <laughs> Oh, that's that's a poor roll. Oh, I'm gonna Good. feel real bad. It's a thirteen. No. Hmm. Yes, excellent. What are you casting exactly? Flame, flame strike. strike. Nice. That's so good. I love flame strikes so much. I spammed the crap out of that with like lots of characters. A column of <laughs> yeah. fire descends from the ceiling and sears across the creature, scouring the place. In yellow and red fire with these traces of uh, blue Narmer light through them. Blue Narmer light, the holy. really. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's little catfish swimming in out of the flames. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's cute. That's super cute, isn't it? I missed that feat that was in... Uh, third edition. Yeah, it was in third edition. I think it was in the Forgotten Realms campaign setting book where you got to choose a theme and all of your magic, like if you chose chains or something, your magic missiles look like little chains that shot out. Your That's fireballs cool. look like burning chains and all the rest of that. I want that back. Yeah, it's a cool thematic spell. And it also, I think it increased the DC to identify and counter the spells uh. because they didn't look right. Oh, cool. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's so fun. Oh, Paulus had a lightning bolt you know, right now. That's you know what a fireball looks like formation. for Masika is Narmer doing a cannonball. <laughs> I, would, I do 48 points of damage. Ouch. Nice. Nice hit. If I had a lightning bolt, it would be bad to use because they're immune. <laughs> yeah, well. 
Is it still alive? Uh, that one was untouched, so yeah, yeah. he's good. All right, <laughs> Narmer's gonna yeah. spit at it. Ah. Narmer rolls a 10, which gets him a 22 for range, touch AC. Quick, duck, invisible, holish. <laughs> 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 Twenty-two will strike your target. He does three points of acid damage. Very well. Lightly sizzles him. Mm, he's helping. Duck invisible From Hollis. <laughs> Masika, we go to invisible Hollis. Who's invisible now? Hollis becomes visible. Hey. Pop. And then she's gonna continue. <laughs> Says, hey. 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 <laughs> hey, girl, hey. Go yeah. Oh God, it's still here. Uh. I guess I'm gonna just sadly try to squiggle away. I don't have a standard action, so I'm just gonna use my move action to like five foot away. I don't. Or I guess right. I could stand here, but that seems like a bad idea. So. Well, you'll provoke an attack of opportunity if you move. Can I acrobatics? You can attempt to acrobatics. You take a minus two penalty because of the spikes, but I yeah. have a fourteen. I have hey. ten ranks That's in acrobatics. Not bad. Yeah, keep That's in mind that you have to all. move half speed, and you're also already moving half speed, so you basically move, move one five square. feet. Yeah. yeah, that's that's cool. <laughs> I'm happy to move one square. It's half speed because you're acrobaticsing, half speed because of the ah! difficult terrain, half speed because of your injury. <laughs> okay, let's Okay, let's see how this goes. Fourteen plus or minus two, you said. Yes. Alright, I rolled an eighteen, plus fourteen is thirty-four, minus two minus two is thirty-two. Thirty-two. Thirty-two will not succeed. Oh. oh I don't know if this is better or worse to tell you. The thirty-four would have. Spikes. Sad. Sad. Rude spikes. Oh, I can only sustain on a perfect 20 then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he does lash out at you, however. How dare you? You have another one of those etheric steps? No. <laughs> it's a six-level <laughs> spell. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. I have darting duplicate, but I also can't take anything that isn't a move action or a free action, so. Ah. Uh, however, I roll atrociously. Ah. Um, but it is Hollis. I have magic. So it's an 18. Haha, ha, no. Haha, haha. <laughs> I have a 20 AC. Haha. <laughs> All right. So, Hollis, you just kind of stumble out of the way doing your best to honestly doing an impressive job. This thing comes very close to still strike you, but you're <laughs> still actually quite acrobatic as you leap forward, roll over the top of one of these tables, send these obsidian knives scattering in every direction as you land on the opposite side, still kind of dancing around. Uh, uh, of course. You do they take. Do. Five points of damage as you continue to wade further away. Oh, you know it is what it is. Uh, there's no need for the reflex save because the reflex save doesn't actually reduce the damage. It just whether or not you impel yourself in such a way as to limit your mobility. Mm. Ah. From Hollis, we go to. I'm almost free. Citra Nahamra. Uh, Citra is going to uh, take a move action to move into the flank with Lady Sophronia once again. All right. Do I need to do another acrobatics? Yes. Because okay. the difficult terrain. Alright. Citra rushes in. Still a minus two? Minus two. That'd be a 42. A 42 will succeed as you dive forward, roll into the flank once again. Alright. Go for the base of its skull because you already stabbed it in its spine and that seemed to have helped. But it's a skeleton. They don't have very (laughs) many weak points. I rolled an 11 for a 27. A 27 will strike your target. Alright. Maybe it has an Achilles heel. (laughs) It's under the ground though. (laughs) <laughs> Little did anyone know the Achilles heel was actually the Achilles tendon. He's unstoppable now. Mm. For all of our Grecian fans out there. For 29 points of damage. 
a telling hit as you plunge your blade into the base of its skull and wrench as the creature collapses into bones, dust, and dirt. Hey, good job. There's another one. Do it. Spikes go away. I'm getting there. Nope, it's spikes will go away in, um, I don't know, I think it's two hours. God. Great. (laughs) Great. Citrus, however, no longer in difficult terrain as the ground stabilizes beneath your feet. Not beneath Sudi's feet, but beneath your feet. It's yep. probably faster to go all the way around all these spikes. That was and what I was actually thinking <laughs> also, because yeah, I don't want to have probably. to keep making rolls, you know. That brings us to Sudi Kantar. All right. Sudi Kantar is in a world of hurt. He's kind of doing that like oh, limping like thing. He's not going fast. So I'm only going 25 feet, which uh, unfortunately I'm still in the difficult terrain for the next for 20 of those feet. He's a fast uh, I'm boy. a little bit slower than a normal person at this point, which is sad. Um... Okay, so I'm going to use 20 feet of movement to get out of the difficult terrain, basically going between Sephronia and Citra, and then uh, (laughs) five feet past Sephronia to um, go around the spikes and start making my way around there. And then I have nothing else to do, so I will do 25 feet more of that, but I'm going to... I don't know where the difficult terrain is, so... Or can you visually see where the difficult terrain is? No, you can see the ground kicking up and disturbed surrounding this thing as it moves. Okay, its way so forward. I like I like try to walk around the the area there for another twenty five yep. feet. So Sudi starts making his way again, like a poor injured cat, tendering one leg as he stumbles his way as quickly as he can. It's a very fast, around. like like hop and a little like little toe bean step to like balance. <laughs> he, he basically just gets into crane stance to take his injured leg up and then starts <laughs> hopping his way across the battlefield. Good thing we covered this in uh, Monk One Hundred One. You do crane, like uh, what to do when your foot's hurt? Hi-ya, handstand hi-ya. walk. Yep, Sudi's going to circle around and get over there and then do an illegal crane kick to his face like the end of Karate Kid. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. I'm not above dirty tricks. He just said no kicking in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to get angry over that. From Sudi, we go to the Gokubu. <laughs> He's going to get you, Hollis. That noise. <laughs> That's my sad noise. Hey, hey, buddy, there's a bunch of bad guys over there. Look how tasty and fun they look to hit. <laughs> so the first thing he's going to do is regenerate, because that's just what they do. Right. Um, ah, as on. again, he starts pulling up earth and, and broken rock from the floor and begins to reconstitute himself. Rude. The second thing he's going to do is run away. I better not run away. We don't want him. Well, actually, I guess he probably can't speak. I doubt he's working with the people who made him this. It's fair. Yeah, he's under their control, so... He is under their control, but that's it. No, he's just stuck here. I don't think he's under anybody's control. He said they were made guardians, so... So he looks back in the direction of of the rest of the people here, gestures with a hand. Actually, you know what? First, he's going to earth glide. So he drops beneath the earth, slides over before re-emerging from the earth close to the uh, the center of the spikes at this point. As the ground beneath Citra and Sudi begins to shake and shift. The ground beneath Masika also, but she's still hovering. That is no, so I didn't rude. have you make a fly check to hover. Oh well. That is so rude. And with a hand, he gestures out as the ground shifts and Sudi, you just sink knee deep into yeah. the earth. As uh, the of course stone I do. Sure. Destroyed by the uh, the radius of its its rocky, difficult terrain, shifting it from being worked stone to unworked stone, in essence, allows it to then start to... Uh, oh, need to... Great. Great. Do the spikes become mud, too? Because they're stone. 
they do. Yes! Which hey, is why they're, well, that's part of Which it. is why they're holding off on that until this point. That's, I'll so take that mud over spikes. Work, that, uh, that might actually work in my favor then. Yeah, but how much of it did he turn to mud? We'll find out here in a second. I'd just rather wade through mud than these spikes because they're killing me. Good. <laughs> Ravy. Ah, thank God I'm not in spikes. So the ground beneath all of you just goes slurp as you suddenly sink back down. And Hollis is like, all right, okay, I can work with this. Sinking down into the earth as we go around to Lady Sophronia, who vaguely glances down at the mud before turning and gliding her way ghostly through the air over towards this thing. Let's be a ghost, y'all. Let's be ghosts. I was going to say, every party needs a ghost is what we're really learning from this yeah. uh, set of this, encounters. This, this paladin is basically like an undead hoover just floating around <laughs> crushing undead things. Yes, we love it. Lashing out with her longsword with a 37, which will hit. Mm. Get him, Lady Sphronia. She does not mess around. Striking her target for nine points of damage. Nice. Unfortunately, it doesn't do a whole lot of damage when she's not smiting. From Sophronia, we go to Masika. All right, Masika's going to fly over to the monster. Okay. And that That's... Uh, 30 feet of movement, which is, I think, half of your flying speed. Yep. Okay, so you will not need to make a check to hover. And I'm going to whap it. All right. Mace in hand. Yep. I roll a nine, which gets me a 20. Mm, no. Yeah. It was a good try. <laughs> Hollis is like, you're crazy. I'm running out of spells, and we still that have thing's gonna curse you. you. <laughs> it's going to curse you with its nasty little bot. <laughs> I don't know why Hollis is talking like sugar, but that's where I'm at. Narmer is going <laughs> to fly off Masika's shoulder and take a five-foot float back behind her. And then he's going to use a charge off of the wand in his tummy and spit at I'm this thing. I'm going in, coach. Spitting in the melee, Narmer. Yep. Minus four for firing in melee, minus two for the partial cover Masika provides. So he's taking a minus six is what you're telling me? Minus yes. six. All right, well, he rolled a 19, so 13, so 25. 25 will hit your target's touch AC. Narmer does nine points of acid damage. Very well. He will also need to make a flight check. Narmer rolls a seven for 27. <laughs> 27 will succeed. I believe it's a DC 20. Uh, it's DC 15. Yeah. From Masika, we go to Hollis Starkweather. You are in the mud. Woohoo, mud! Hollis is going to uh, <laughs> look back at the skeleton and magic missile. Nice. All right. Which is five little little boys at this point. So pew pew finger guns at the guy. So that's two. <laughs> pew pew, pew pew. 18 force damage. So pew pew with the finger guns. And then she's going to continue to wade herself through the mud toward the exit, which I think <laughs> she can go five feet. <laughs> So your normal movement speed is 35, correct? Yep. So I'm down to 15. Yes. And then you're in the half doesn't count. Uh, your speed is five feet, no matter what, when you're in the mud. It doesn't matter. It would be yep. five feet regardless. I'm moving one square. <laughs> I'm getting See? out of this mud. <laughs> My boots are full. Hollis, Hollis. Lift me above the mud level. Oh, Scott, sorry. Sorry. I pull her up in one hand. It's getting I just disgusting down here. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's terrible. We're like, <laughs> I hate it. I'm gonna press to digitize this when we get out of here the, and out of this fight, I suppose. I'm getting pretty tired of this place. Right? I right? feel like Sugar's so, tired of the desert. <laughs> you know, 
She's just yeah. tired of the nation of Osirian. Hey, Shinner's <laughs> from Osirian. I picked her up in Sothis. Hollis, I wow. told you we should have held off until we got to Ruins of Aslant. Oh, that's <laughs> been on a soggy. beach somewhere. <laughs> you would have been all humid and puffy. It would have been bad. That's true. I bet there are <laughs> goblins out there, too. Probably those monkey goblins that eat chickens. Probably. <laughs> Who knows? Well, I guess we know, but whatever. It's not <laughs> From uh, Hollis, we go to Citra Nahamra. You're in um, the mud. <laughs> Citra's going to start wading toward the Gwekubu. <laughs> I don't think I can get very far. You could shoot it well, and cover it in bees. Five feet per move action, I believe, <laughs> yeah. right? Yep. So you can move ten whole feet. Yay! <laughs> squelch, squelch. Mm-hmm. Just out of curiosity, um, freedom of movement is that a I don't shaman th- spell? I don't think so. It's not uh, a wizard spell. That spell is so amazing. Yeah. yeah, it would be super useful right now. Yep, but I don't think we have it. Nope. Nope. Alchemist, bard, cleric, oracle, druid, inquisitor, or ranger. Yep. Everything we don't have. Yep. It is abjuration, I was about to say though. if Sagira was still here, but Sagira was a spellless ranger also. Yeah. So yep. yeah, she just hit things. Nah, whatever. I wish my boots of elven kind made me walk like Legolas over, you know, difficult terrain. Yeah, right. No, unfortunately. Nice. From Citra, we go to Sudi Kantar. All right. Well, Sudi's also going to do the same thing as Citra and move exactly 10 feet through the mud to get to the inside edge of this like mud um, thing to get to the the spike peninsula basically in the middle of this like mud loop around it's like a u-shaped mud formation um but that's all he can do gross that brings us to the kukubu it's like the end of poltergeist who will then cast transmute mud to stone (laughs) great (laughs) so reflex save from uh, Citra, Sudi, and Hollis. For sure. Oh no, I did roll bad. I misread my die. Oh no. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh no. It's fine. Hollis just needs a spell cast. All right. Hollis. Hollis rolled a five for a fifteen. What did you Very think well. you rolled? A fifteen. Oh. Speaking of, Sudi, uh, Sudi rolled a fifteen Rude. for a twenty-seven. <laughs> That's where it went. <laughs> Were you looking through the screen at my dice? I don't know. Citra. Citra rolled an 18 for a 34. Citra's okay. like, ha So yeah, Sudi and Citra, you managed to both like fight your way out of this stuff before it solidifies around you. Again, like Sudi kind of like hopping and stumbling up out of this and Citra wrenching herself free, probably like losing like a sash or a scarf in the process. Hollis just channels on Eurus. How? <laughs> Also, the other hand is just kind of stuck there with like one arm completely out holding her chicken up. The other arm like encased at the elbow with just enough range for you to like still do the finger gun in his direction. You know, your hat barely hanging on your head. Well, that would be just crossing a line. (laughs) (laughs) Hollis just looks down, sits sugar on the stone. (laughs) It's like fine. I can still spell cast. I can't do anything else. Y'all, I hate this place. I want to go back to the floaty room with the rock and the teleportation circle. That was cool. <laughs> Those were good times. Yeah. <laughs> On the literal other side of this uh This place complex. bad. God, I hate these stupid monsters so much, and I've only ever seen them twice. Uh, <laughs> Including true. this They make time. for very yes. memorable fights. Let's just say that. <laughs> they make me really wish I played a druid who could just be like, eh, earth elemental, eh, opposite whatever spell you just cast. You know, because well, these ha, are all druid ha, spells. Ha. Uh, it also regenerates. Curse you! I'm gonna have to disintegrate this dang thing, and I didn't want to. No, spend a don't six disintegrate level spell. this thing. 
We're well, gonna, we we're gonna get, get them. Down. I mean, I can get them next. It's next, taken uh, a lot thing. of damage between Citra and Sophronia. I know, yep. but it's regenerating every turn. I don't think it it's also ignores the difficult much. terrain from the. Uh, so it takes a five foot step back. Yeah, target rich environment. Bring us to Lady Sophronia, who takes a five foot glide forward, following it. Because ghosts. Turns out being incorporeal does have its benefits. Pretty much all benefits. So, well, at the very least, when you have a ghost touch weapon, also. Mm. And armor. So 31, 26, and 25 will all hit. Nice. Nice. Go Sophronia. Striking for 12 points of damage. 12 points of damage and 12 points of damage. Wow. Uh, so that'd be seven for each one of those. So that's 21 points of damage total. As she continues to just hammer her weapon home, trying to bring this thing down. Masika of the Beckon. Masika takes a five foot floaty step forward. Okay. And I'm going to whap it. All right. I roll 13 for a 24. A 24 will not strike your target as you swing your weapon back around. Rude. <laughs> Boom. Oh, perfect 20. <laughs> perfect 20 will automatically hit. Threat, roll to confirm. A That'll one do. will not confirm. A natural sadness. one will fail to confirm your critical hit. Much I'm sadness. using a bludgeoning weapon, though, so I do seven points of damage. That Damn. is fully effective. It's still standing. An armor spits. I will need a fly check from Masika as well. Masika rolls a 12, plus her dexterity is a 15, cause, and the fly spell gives you, what, a plus 8, so 23? Uh, bonus equal to half your caster level. Okay, so 21. 21 will succeed. Bring us to, uh, you said Narmer wants to step in? Narmer's going to spit from where he is. Patu, Patu. I'm more of a range support. And he uses a, yes he is, and he uses another charge. Is it still a minus six penalty? Yes. Well, he rolls a 16, so that gets him a 22 for range touch. 22 will strike his target. Oh, an armor only does two. (laughs) Riveting. Uh, From (laughs) armor, we go to Hollis. Hollis has that. Uh, Sugar's bag on the rock leans down onto one elbow and just like pew pew with her other hand at the guy with the magic missile. (laughs) You're taking this all in stride is what I'm hearing. Yeah, it's better than spikes. Is it? Yes. But with the spikes, you could at least still move. She doesn't really need to move. After this, she will. Uh, 20 points of damage. Magic missile. Very well. Your missile slice into it. One of y'all strong folk, mostly Sudi, can can get me out of here. It's fine. If nothing else, I can dimension door myself free if I absolutely have to. I was going to say, my meld into stone only works on myself. It doesn't work on other people. Can you shove me out from below? No. Ah. Can you put grease on me and I can wiggle? (laughs) (laughs) I do have some oil I could put on you. All right. We'll worry about that later. For now, I've used all my magic missiles. From Hollis, we go to Citra Nahamra. Can I get up next to it? Uh, you are not injured from the spikes yet, correct? I'm not injured at all. Okay, so... Don't brag. You'll need to make a reflex save to move through the spikes, but it's 20 feet to get to them. Okay. Let's try. Masika has a folding shovel. That might help. Hmm. That's what I get uh, for getting cocky. I rolled a 4 for a 20. Now you're hurt. Probably. <laughs> Yep, uh, you take eight points of damage yep. as you begin to close on it. You've also impelled your foot. Yeah. Uh, so your movement speed is reduced to half, which means that it was 
So it's five feet forward and then another 10 feet for 15 feet, which is half of your movement speed. So you can close far enough to strike at it. Strike, strike. I roll a 13, which is a 29. A 29 will strike your target. For 11 points of damage. As your blade cleaves into and through the skull of this thing, as you wrench your weapon back free and it tumbles to the ground and stops moving. Oh boy. All that right. played out grossly different. Yes, yes it did. <laughs> Alright, y'all. Gross I'm is stuck. definitely a way to a way to describe that. Alright, everybody out of the spikes, please. Hollis starts wiggling. You're not in spikes. <laughs> I try to get out of this here rock. Wiggle, wiggle. I think we're going to have to like sugar you out uh, sugar wiggles her way out of her carrier, hops down, and then begins to like scratch at the edge of the stone. This is gonna take a while. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> that chicken is smart enough to know that that ain't gonna work it'll work just take time I think we could possibly get out of this using magic too yeah I know I just uh... well cast dimension door a very very well aimed disintegrate <laughs> I'm trying uh... to save those things hey get over here with that grease you said you had grease Citra I have some vials of oil Go put some land. oil on me. I'm sure nothing could go wrong from that. M- Masika flies over to Hollis and lands and cancels her fly spell and then boops you with your with her healing hex for Oh yay. Uh, I am injured. 20 hit points. That almost puts me at full. It almost, yeah, by one. Nice. Citra, you take another seven points of damage stepping out of the spikes as I imagine you want to. Ow. Uh, Sudi uh, okay. gets gets 21 back from a healing hex. Well, plus that, I don't hurt. As my feet don't hurt, but I am still trapped in rock. And uh, Citra gets back 18 from a healing hex. Sweet. And since we received magical healing, that m- brings our speed back up, right? Yes. Okay, cool. How's everybody looking? Because Masika needs some stuff out of probably out of the med kit to not use the last um, of her I'm healing I'm only spells. down 10, so I'm all right. I'm down by one. Trying to see if there's anything I have that would make it you able to get out of there, but uh, yeah, no, I I don't have anything that can get I'm you know, melded into stone, but it actually doesn't let me do anything in the stone. I have a shovel. If you put oil on me, can I wiggle out? The answer to that is, I would argue that the oil would give you a plus two circumstance bonus because it does make you slippery. Okay. It is still a DC thirty escape artist. Nah, I can't get out. Yeah, I didn't think I you really could. don't um, want to spend Like, like anyone you know that actually puts spell. a decent number of ranks in Escape Artist, that's not that bad of a DC, but the problem is yeah. no one ever really puts that many ranks in Escape Artist. My Rogue yeah. had, yeah. like, max ranks, but this is not my Rogue. Oh. Um. Hold on. Let me look at my... Th- I have a spell slot open. Let me see if I have anything that isn't going to waste my fourth level dimension door. And I guess in absence of anything else, um, Sudi having nothing else would, I guess, take the shovel from uh, Masika and start trying to chip away at some of the stone. All right. I I also have a shovel, so I could help. Yeah. the The problem is, is that the shovel is no necessarily is not much more effective when you're dealing with solid stone than hitting yeah. it with almost anything else. Yeah. I mean, because it's not loose earth. Well, okay. Here's a question for you. I do a D8 plus six damage. I guess I could even try like punching through the stone and see if I'm doing anything, but I'm probably just going to hurt my hand a bunch. Masika uses three potions. Because if it's like hardness 15, then there's no point. You might have to use that dimension door, Jess. It just seems silly. There should be a better way out of here. Well, Well, if we had anything that would be good at breaking stone. 
Nobody has an adamantine weapon, right? Yeah. Okay, so in answer to your question, yeah, it's going to take you hours. Uh, crud. Okay, yeah, so I mean, I think you're going to have to use the dimension door to get out. All right, I'm going to have to roll to make the dimension door work, right? The DC for this is so low that it's laughable for you. Yeah, it's a DC 20. Okay, well, my concentration, I roll a 1746. Okay, yeah, that'll succeed. So, Hollis, you chant and tone, wiggle your one good arm, create the dimension door, form it in such a way as like you create it directly above you and then you just kind of fall up through it before I imagine just kind of falling back out the other side because you can't really easily step through a door right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's the portal that's moving, not you. Yeah. Before you just kind of stumble back free on the other side. Well, at least we have a stone walkway around the spike pit. That's true. Well, the spike pit's not going to last forever, right? Well, I mean, it's still here. I don't know. I mean, it'll be here for a while. Don't roll around on it. I don't know what you want to know. What? I wasn't planning on rolling around on spikes. (laughs) Well, there you go. All right. Norma looks a little sad. Let's grab a bad guys and throw them on the spikes. That feels like that would work, right? Norma, why are you sad? Oh, I was going to roll around on it. Why? (laughs) (laughs) He has an oppositional defiant disorder. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oppositional defiant disorder. (laughs) It's, it's, it's a character trait that, you know how you're supposed to take a trait from from you as a player and then project it onto your characters? That's an armor's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm married to this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's been like that since high school, though. It's not like a new Rick. developed trait. <laughs> That's why Jess and I think he's got ODD. <laughs> You don't know me. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. Oh, I'm also going to take a second and uh, prepare my last third level slot with, with haste. Um, I guess we'll walk around the outside oh, of the spikes now that there's mud that's now stone. Yep. And head Fair for enough. the door. We got a Glabrazoo and at least two more Moftet to fight. I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe we just go sleep and we come back. I don't. I don't think that's I a don't good think idea. That's a good idea. We don't want to give them any time to prepare. In addition to what we they sh- probably already have, should, uh, we can rest bef- if we. We should probably rest before we go upstairs. But we should finish this before resting. Agreed. I'm just saying, if you don't have any healing left, it's about to be a bad day. I have some left. I have a few spells. I just don't want to burn them in case I need them during the fight. I can lay hands on you if you need. All right. I mean, I'm fine right now. I'm just saying. This is about to be a fight. Although it's, that's imagining this next door has the fight. Probably doesn't. There's probably like five or six more rooms before we get to the fight. My only concern is that more likely than not, especially if you find some, if we face this Glaber Zoo in proximity to one of these cultists, they will have access to his wish. If we wait and they're aware that we're here, they will probably have access to a second wish, giving them that much magic. Yeah. So we should hurry. Yeah, so we should find the cultists. I think so. If only we could lure just the cultists out, defeat them, and then fight the Glabrazoo. Well, at this point, they're likely to, um, what is the expression? Circle the wagons? The what? Circle the wagons? Exactly. You know, Wait, circle got- the wagons. Like, make a circle to protect against predators. And well, yes. sure. Oh, okay. You know, they literally they're going did to, that to in the caravan. Bring their forces together. <laughs> what if... I go in alone. No. No. And then Definitely I kite not. them back to you. No. Definitely no. not. Also, what is kiting? No. 
This is That's it. where you make a string of people that follow you back to someplace else like a kite. <laughs> Narmer plays MMOs, y'all. I was going to say, Narmer <laughs> plays EverQuest, where that came from. <laughs> All right, let's go, let's go. I'm just saying this is probably going to be real crazy. And I don't have any way to get us out of it. I don't have teleport and I don't have Dimension Door, so keep all that in mind. Well, that's a problem, all right. Oh, it's going to be just like the old times again. <laughs> I don't like it. I miss a, I like these times where I got this magic. <laughs> My get-out-of-free card. My get-out-of-jail-free card. So I suppose you make your way forward to the door now. Yeah. Uh, open it with some difficulty as the ground directly in front of it had been turned to mud and then turned back to earth after going through the crazy rock-shifting effect of this thing's difficult terrain power. But I suppose you approach the door, slide it open. Yep. Yep. After checking. Hollis is preparing to Looks dispel clear. magic. I'm readying an action to dispel magic. Good plan. If a bad magic on. thing happens. Sudi, you reach the door, reach out, slide it open after getting the nod from uh, Citra, revealing a hallway stretching away only a short distance ahead before turning sharply to the left and making its way deeper into the complex. I assume you begin to make your way? Yep. 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 You make your way in, turn to the left, make your way a short distance down, another 20 feet down or so until the hallway turns sharply to the right. From there, you can only see the path continues in one direction, making its way directly ahead another 30 feet or so before ending at another stone door. Okay, I'm preparing to, to dispel magic some more. If the Quabrazoo is on the other side, I'm casting Dismissal. Ooh, and if that yeah, fails, ca- I'll cast, cast whatever big things you have to get that thing to go. Yeah, away. but if they're Everyone's sitting here ready. ready, I'm ready to dispel the whatever they're going to throw at us when we open the door. That's what I'm doing first. Okay. Masika's like, if I see a Glabrazoo, I'm dismissing it. <laughs> We're also not sure which way the Moftet went. It had to have gone this way. Mm-hmm. All right, we uh, we give it a countdown and we open up another door dramatically. Reaching this door, shoving it open. The door opens silently into a large octagonal shaped room. Uh Uh-oh, it's the octagon. (laughs) No, thanks. Your light plays to the far corners of this room as you begin to step your way in. The room is empty, unoccupied. No furniture or dressing in the chamber. The walls are almost, considering everything else you've seen in this place, disturbingly unadorned. Simply blank. The ceiling ascends up some 20 feet before each one of the walls folds inwards to create almost an eight-sided dome which stretches up to a solitary point at a height of 40 feet over the very center of this room. Mm. It's like we're in a D20. Mm-hmm. Four doors exit this chamber and a symbol is engraved in the wall above each doorway. From the door that you've come through is a skull. Off towards your left, to the south, above the door you can see an eye. Across from you, towards the west, you can see a blank female face, wearing a pharaoh's headdress. Off towards your right, to the north, you can see a shield symbol. I'm curious how you can determine that it's a feminine face, with it being blank. With no features, yeah. It has eyelashes somehow. I was going to say, maybe it's... uh, is it like, it just has a face? It's not like a bust or anything where you can maybe tell from it's like It's just the a face. Weird, okay. Weird. <laughs> so you can tell from the bust? No. Yeah. Just a face. Huh. Hmm. Well, I'm partial with going toward the shield myself. It might symbolize an armory. Maybe somewhere we might find uh, something useful. 
Is there anything else on the walls, or is it just those four symbols? The walls are disturbingly blank. I'm going to detect magic. Detecting magic, you sense only the lingering magic that wards this place. Okay. Well, I mean, the the sacrificial altar was behind us, and we came through the skull door. Yeah. So perhaps Sudi is right, and the other, the shield is toward an armory. Didn't we already pass an armory? Well, there well, might be, be farther away from more than one. But yeah, maybe sure. it just means like abjuration. That makes me think of shields. Maybe that's where they keep their eyeballs. He points in the direction of the eye door. Possible. Hopefully not. <laughs> that's where the gibbering mouthers are. Oh. All eyeballs and teeth. That was real creepy. <laughs> mm. I say shield. We go shield. Yeah. No. The shield seems as good as any. I mean, we're probably going to have to go through all of them eventually. Mm-hmm. It would be prudent to make sure we've rooted out all of the cult. We go to the shield. I suppose you make your way forward, approaching closer to uh, the shield door. As you begin to approach closer, go ahead and make me a perception roll from the party. Mm. That's concerning. Oh, I rolled okay. Uh, Hollis rolls a 15 for a 27. Uh, Sudi rolls a 14 for a 36. Masika rolls a 2 for a 9. Narmer rolls a 17, which gets him a 31. Citro rolled a nat 1 for a 19. Let's oh. hope this door isn't trapped. <laughs> I don't know. Is the, if, if that's the case, then it's is this higher. danger sense? Not yet. Well, if it is danger <laughs> sense <not> <laughs> then I need to add a plus 4. Nope, not, not yet. You begin to approach closer. Uh, real quick, Hollis and Sudi, I guess we'll start with Sudi because it'll be faster. What languages do you speak? I speak Osiriani catfolk, Sphinx, Common, and Ancient Osiriani. Okay. Hollis speaks Common, Elven, Osiriani, Ancient Osiriani, Kellish, Dwarven, Draconic, Null, Undercommon, and Sphinx. Okay. You step up towards the door. I meant to put a rank in linguistics. Mm. Beyond the door... Very faintly, Sudi and Hollis, you both hear singing in a language you're you're not familiar with, but there's a part of you that feels like if you only knew more languages, you might be more concerned. It does not sound <laughs> like pleasant singing. Can we kind of Great. like figure out what the language might be with linguistics? Linguistics or check. Unfortunately, again, it's it's so muffled that you can uh, barely yeah. even tell that it's a language that you don't understand. Uh, strangely, all of you, however, note as you begin to approach closer that unlike every place else that you've seen here, there are small, sickly looking vines growing out from this door. Hollis prepares to dispel magic. <laughs> this is scary and I don't like it. Distantly, you hear the singing. Oh boy. All right. We go, uh,. SWAT team bust through this door and see what uh, what singing monstrosity waits on the other side. Mm-hmm. A bard. Interesting. God, I hope it's not, it's not a demonic bard. <laughs> demonic bard. Cool oh, my head. gosh. That'd be super you cool. do some awful things. He just turns around and strikes a chord on his electric guitar. It's basically <laughs> it's like, the guy. It's just like a fascinating performance immediately. Like, <laughs> bang. <laughs> yep, suddenly fire explodes out of the giant amps that he has on either side. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize this is Jack Black. <laughs> oh my god. Um, that's from Mad Max. It would also oh, yeah, be a good Mad Jack Max Black too. thing yeah. as far as... Well, yeah, uh, I was thinking of... Uh, I mean, oh it's gosh, not just this? from Mad Max, it's Brutal from a lot Legend of is what Brutal I was Legend, yes. there we go. I was thinking of the Brutal yeah. Legend game. <laughs> Sudi, you reach forward, grab onto this door. The door grabs back. 
<laughs> you have to shove it with a certain degree of force. Yeah, because there's gross vines on the other side. You can hear this ripping sound of dried and somewhat sickly plant matter. Like it's, it sounds like the cracking sound of the dry plant matter, but almost as if there's this wet undertone, like fungal infestation inside of the vines as you shove this open. Immediately your nose is assaulted with this smell of decaying plant matter, this oddly moist scent, like water dripping behind walls and infesting a place with mold and growth. Lovely. Combining with that is this smell of all you can think of is bird. Combination of bird dropping and just that smell that a bird has. Combined with that is this faint undertone of ozone that pervades this room. Weird. Along the wall opposite of the door as you open this are six wooden dummies. They sag and lean under the weight of the armor that they carry. Eight steel helmets, each one carved with an elaborate golden face mask, hang on the wall off towards your right. The faceplates of the helmets are distorted and defaced, as if melted by acid or fire. Oh, they're from the cult, but they're like trophies. Thick, sickly green vines twine throughout the entirety of this room, and black feathers litter the floor. A foul stench hangs in the air. As you begin to step forward, you can smell it more fully, this scent of the recently dead. As you, I suppose, step forward, so you can actually see fully into the room. Yeah. Three figures occupy this room. Each one of these figures resembles a twisted cross between a man and a giant vulture. Ah, crap. A cloud of spores and a trail of feathers surround it as it seems to literally flake off and molt feathers as they move. Despite the fact that they have stopped singing, they have not stopped dancing as they twirl around one another in a circle of dancing, looking back over their shoulders and craning their long avian necks and watching you with curiosity. Well, this is the creepiest ballet I ever seen. We have visitors, brother. Yes, I see. Scrawny, they seem to me. Mm. However, still perhaps a tasty morsel. Should we speak with them first to find out? Mm, perhaps. Each of them speaks as they come closest to you, as they continue their dance in a circle. You can keep distance right now. Thank you very much. Social distance, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Visitors, what business do you have here in our lair? Um, here's... Nothing particular. Uh, we don't really want to interrupt. We're looking for somebody. We're looking for Usarib. Usarib? Mm-hmm. Yes, that makes some sense. He's probably made many enemies here. Hmm. I suppose then that you are here to kill Usarib. Not they continue their slow dance. There's a soft 
popping sound. I don't. Do I as if small arcs of electricity seem to be dancing between their feathers. Oh boy. You may make a knowledge the planes. Ah, my jam. All right, all right, all right. I have a, an 11 for a 33. With a 33, this is a demon known as a frock. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Profane champions of the abyss, frocks embody all the rage, hatred, and violence of that despicable realm. As ravenous and grotesquely opportunistic as the scavengers they resemble, frocks delight in bloodshed, relishing the sounds and sensations of ripping the still pulsing entrails from a living husk. I'm going to have a rare criticism for Paizo. Why the drive by on vultures? Yeah. They're not grotesquely opportunistic and ravenous. They just eat dead stuff. They're a very important part of the ecosystem. Thank they you. Are. <laughs> it's true. A uh, typical fact. Brock stands eight feet tall, weighs 400 pounds. Brocks generally form uh, from the evil souls of hateful and wrathful mortals, particularly those who are career criminals, mercenaries, or assassins. Oh, well, there you go. Wonderful. You may ask hmm. three questions pertaining towards the Brock. What are their special defenses? They possess damage reduction. Knowing what overcomes their damage reduction is a separate question. They are immune to electricity and poison. They are resistant to acid, cold, and fire. They possess Dang. spell resistance. Great. What's their damage reduction? Their damage reduction of 10 and can only be overcome by good aligned weapons. Uh, crud. What are their special attacks? They possess spell-like abilities, although knowing their spell-like abilities is a separate question. <laughs> they possess, uh, God, they've got so many special attacks. Uh, so first off, and you're probably immediately aware of this, uh, they possess an ability called a Dance of Ruin. A Vrock can dance and chant as a four-round action. At the end of three rounds, a crackling wave of energy explodes from the Vrock, dealing uh, electricity damage to all creatures within 100 feet. A Whoa. Reflex Save can half this, half this damage. For each additional Vrock that joins the dance, the damage increases, as does the DC to avoid it. Just Holy heck. And it's electricity? It's electricity. The okay. dance immediately ends and must be started anew if any of the participating rocks are slain, stunned, or otherwise prevented from dancing. In addition, they possess spores. A rock can release a cloud of spores from its body once every three rounds as a free action. Adjacent Great. creatures then take damage from the spores. There is no save for that. Plus uh, additional damage every round for 10 rounds as the spores grow into thick green vines and burrow beneath their skin. Uh, Although ugly, the vines are harmless and wither away in a couple of days, if not shaved off before then. The spores can be destroyed by casting bless on the affected creature or by sprinkling them with holy water. This oh, attack hey. can also be halted by the effects, any effects that remove or provide immunity to disease. In addition to that, they possess a stunning screech. Once per hour of rock can emit a shrill screech. All creatures, except for demons within a 30-foot radius, must succeed at a fortitude save or be stunned. Uh, ah, in addition to wow. that, if you continue this conversation, you think they're going to continue their dance of ruin. Hollis reaches forward, touches Sudi on the shoulder, and casts resist energy electricity. All right. So you start I'm going to spell assume casting. That, yeah, yeah, I'm going to assume that starts the combat up because, uh, whoopsie-daisy. <laughs> That's that's a smart delaying tactic, though, especially for a party like us to be like, we'll just talk to you while we do a little shimmy. Yeah, they're over there looking like the uh, the puppets from Dark Crystal doing a little dance around in a circle. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Nice. Yeah. So you begin to chant. They begin to cackle and dance even more gleefully in a little circle. And I will need initiative from the party 
next time. Oh, oh goodness. Da, 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 da. Why do we have to go for the shields? They're all going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, these guys are going to be rough. Yeah, Narmer's not playing in this fight because he has a vulnerability to electricity. He stays on the sea. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.